You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome for the first time to play Tessie. This is Coop, your host, joined along with Sammy, Gordo, and Pat. Yes, this is, this might be, you might be tuning in. You're like, yo, this is, this is a Bradfoe show. What's good? This is the feed that I've been I've been paying attention to. No, 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 no. This is the same conversation, just a different name. If you missed it on Twitter, go check us out at PlayTessie now, no longer at Bradfoe underscore show. This is a completely new rebrand. Thanks to the godfather of podcasting, Rob Bradford. If, uh, if you haven't seen what he's up to lately, go over to Baseballs and Boring. Uh, before I introduce these guys, I just want to say, I guess this is our declar- declar- declaration of independence. I, I don't, I, I, it's not much? independence from Rob, but this is more of, we have our own show now. Uh, this is the official Red Sox podcast of WEI, home of the Boston Red Sox. You might have heard of them. Uh, we, we're now the official Red Sox podcast of Odyssey, which is very cool. Um, I've been producing the Bradfoe show for the last two years for Rob. The last season, we've kind of diverted the who says no boys into running, uh, the Bradfoe show now play Tessie. I'm just going to say play Tessie as much as possible. It's, uh, just get that in the subconscious of your mind. Uh, so I, I, I have to thank Rob so much. Everything that I've been able to do in this space uh, creatively uh, with the Red Sox, with baseball, it is all due and thanks to him. A big shout out to uh, Steve Peralt, uh, a rival podcast now. I guess I guess he's my enemy, uh, frenemy. I don't. I I'm, I'm, I I want to steal some. Of his, I don't want to steal some of his listeners. I want to share some of his listeners. We're all friends here. We're all friends. But Steve Steve put me on Rob's uh, radar long ago. Uh, so a big shout out to him as well. Someone that I've always bounced ideas off of and just a stand-up guy all around. Uh, so a big shout out to those two and a whole lot of thanks to a lot of other people that have supported me along the way. I know that these three have supported me along the way, uh, and they know what it has taken over. I mean, what month and a half since we last heard, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I got to introduce you guys now, Sammy. Take it away. Introduce yourself. Let the people know who you really are. That was beautiful, Coop. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for the intro. I was going to say, now that we're play Tessie, you can come play with us, but I think that sounds a little bit weird. So we're not going to go with that. I'm hyped to be starting the new show, which is basically the same show with a new name. Let's do this, boys. Pat, how you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? That's good. What are you you up to? What have you been doing? Who are you? Explain yourself. Who am I? I'm Coop's childhood best friend, uh, former Cooperstown roommate of Rob, who I just, again, want to say thank you to for this opportunity for endorsing us, getting the four of us together for who says no, what, probably close to a year ago now, right? Yeah. Last yeah. fall? Yeah, I mean, we right were, beginning of the season, right? When was the first collective, I think December? Yeah, I think once we all think, finally got together, and then like when we were we, all when we were all on the same show, because he we had we were all on individually. We all had you on separately. That. January, yeah. I think, was the first. By the way, uh, thank you, Rob, as well. I don't want to be the one guy who doesn't say thank you, Rob. So thank you, Rob. Rob, if you hear this, Sammy, why do you have a grudge against Rob? Yeah, what, Rob, this he just gave you this beautiful thing. He's had the Bradfoe show since 2010. 662 episodes. That's right. Uh, that's, that's actually right. the official count. 662 episodes of the Bradfoe show. Uh, over 13 
uh, seasons of Red Sox baseball, which is kind of incredible and kind of, I remember I looked at that and I was like, why the heck are you giving this to me? This is your little baby. Um, so I, I hope that we all do a, a good enough job not to sink this ship. Uh, Gordo. What's up, Coop? How are you doing? I, I'm happy to see that little smile of yours up in New Hampshire right now. Uh, what are you doing besides ripping off uh, Massachusetts sales tax? Whoa. Yeah, you know exactly what it is. <laughs> no, I'm recording the first episode of Play Tessie. Come play with us. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that, that's our new slogan. Come play with us. Oh, but, no, no. <laughs> please, no. <laughs> no but Don't put that out there. No, I got to just that's everywhere now. give all the thanks in the world to Rob, who I know is listening, and he's gone just so far out of his way and above and beyond to – help us here like i just i remember a year ago in november i got a dm from rob and he was he was saying that he was putting together uh you know he's bringing some guys in to do who says no episodes he's like yeah put together you know a fake trade or two and uh we'll have you on the show and we'll you know we'll see what happens it'll be fun and i was so excited about it like i remember putting all the prep work in just making sure i had like the perfect couple of trades to come in and and to bring to rob because i mean as a you know lifelong Red Sox fan, we've been following Rob's content for since we were kids. So, I mean, it was a pretty big moment then, and for it to turn into him letting us come on his show all year, him introducing us to each other, him bringing us to Winter Weekend so we could uh, all meet in person, uh, except for Coop and Pat, of course. But just went out of his way to give us a platform to to speak to 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 show how much we know about the Sox and to show that, you know, we're, we're good guys who, who get along and, you know, can do this for ourselves. And, you know, it, it's led to this. He went out of his way to bring us to Odyssey and to vouch for us and to, to tell them that we were ready for this step. And I think we are ready for this step. I'm really excited to see where this goes because we got a great group of guys here. And uh, if you're listening from now, you'll be listening for a long time. Oh, that was what good tagline. I feel I, awful. I feel awful. I, I think Rob's story here, real quick. <laughs> the, way, the way that I met no, 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 Rob. Take it away. Take it away real quick. The 2022 Aaron Judge is in his historic uh, home run chase to have the fourth most home runs in a single season. Very cool. And uh, Rob posted a picture of a foul ball he got from uh, Jalen Beek's batting practice. It was Ray's Red Sox at Fenway. And he posted a picture and he said, who needs the Aaron Judge home run ball? I have this Jalen Beeks batting practice ball. So I quickly responded to his tweet and I said, Rob, if I can sprint to Fenway in the next five minutes, can I have that Jalen Beeks ball? Just as a joke, didn't think he would respond, but he did. He said, yes. And then he DM'd me and he said, come to this gate. Can't remember which gate it was. So I dropped everything, sprinted to Fenway, got there in four minutes uh coop was standing there looking at me like i was a crazy person i remember that and i recognized you from the internet which was funny i actually forgot all about oh, no. that yeah you said that you you'd forgotten which is i don't know how you know but like now that you bring that up it's it's not to say that you're a forgettable person yeah i just completely forgot you were in a cutoff and just running laps around fenway yeah just looking freaking <laughs> looking yoked. yeah my feeble attempts to put on muscle still working on it but yeah, Rob gave me the baseball. We documented the moment. Then he invited me on the show to give a uh, a fake trade, and and here we are, boys. That was I. I really feel awful about forgetting that now, but this is this is exciting. I mean, we we've got a whole lot of baseball ahead of us. We have got a whole lot of exciting off season ahead of us. It's already kicked off. 
the GM meetings that have turned into the GI meetings, uh, a whole lot of bubble guts going on with executives in Na- not Nashville. They were out in Arizona, correct? Winter Arizona, meetings right? in Nashville. Arizona. Scottsdale. Yeah. Don't don't uh, don't eat the food in Scottsdale. You'll get a tummy ache. Thumb, unless uh, unless you'll go to in and out John Heyman says in and out is safe so feel yeah, free. I was literally just about to send that tweet in the group chat what a flex <laughs> like, I'm why good. would it not be I was like, not sure what they I had. don't know why John Heyman has to say that he fast. said not sure what they had I had in and out every day and I feel fine all right John thanks for the input you guys like in and out yes never had it oh it's so good I, I lived in California for a few years and I would like I would go overhyped no, not overhyped. People say it's overhyped, but you got to know like the the secret menu, which isn't even secret, and you got to get like the animal style burger, animal style fry. It's good, trust me. It's not the, it's not like getting a a burger from a restaurant, but it's still a really nice like fast food burger. I would put it up there with any other fast food burger. I like Five Guys is my like, same. It's my tier. It's like one A. It's, it's god tier. Like I I don't think I could put any other burger ahead of it. Fast food burger, I'll say. There's yep. definitely like you hit a chain, and, or not a chain, but like you know, a nice little, nice little uh, steakhouse, and you order a burger. You ever order a burger from a steakhouse? Is that a no, you're, is that you're a dumb steak move? at a steakhouse? Yeah. No. Eh. You get some of the other like meals at like a steakhouse. They're fire. Lamb burger. I love lamb burgers. Haven't had that. Very good. That guy who orders burgers. hot dogs at Five Guys. Oh, that's my Frank the Tank. <laughs> hot I, dogs, baby. Hot dogs. I would probably be like a nice brat. I think if you ordered a hot dog at a steakhouse, you'd just get like a really fancy brat to come out. Huh. Maybe. 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 Who knows? Uh, but if we wanted to find any of you guys, I know we already shouted out the socials on for Play Tessie. It's Play Tessie everywhere. We're keeping it simple for you. It is it is the easiest thing in the world to go and find us and what we're up to throughout the course of the day. Just go to Play Tessie. It's that easy. But if we wanted to find out everyone else, I'm at Coop underscore Leon. And once we get through this, I promise you, we're going to start talking some thoughts, baby. Uh, Sammy, where can I find you? I'm at Hebehammer94 on Twitter. Follow me there. Always have uh, fake trades. You might hate them, but we can talk about it. It'll be fun. Uh, Gordo, where can I find you? You got a, you're popping off a little bit. Yeah, we're, I'm on Twitter, Boston Sports Gordo on Twitter. That's uh, at BOS Sports Gordo. And Pat, cap it off, baby. I'm on Twitter at PatBrown954. Usually, I'm interacting and defending my fellow co-hosts because of their mock trades or creating some of my own. <laughs> I have to, I have to put put Gordo's Twitter over. It's great follow. All all Boston it is. news. I don't know how. You, I honestly, you, I don't know if you explained it to me, but Gordo's Twitter is very impressive. It, it, like, if you need to know something throughout the course of the day, just go to Gordo. That's that's the easy solution yeah turn on uh, appreciate it fellas one one stop shop one stop shop boston sports let's go socks kid that's go Sox. it really is though it's it's pretty admirable you know all right so let's let's because we're we're gonna have a little structure to this we're gonna move on into our first topic of the off season and you brought this up in the group chat uh sammy so i i kind of want you to introduce this uh this is our red Sox offseason extravaganza i guess we'll I, I guess this can turn into a weekly thing. That's the beauty of play Tessie. We're we're going to be falling on our face as we go, and we're going to be making segments. And that's why it's important that you reach out to the socials that we just shouted out. Because if you're listening along and you're like, guys, you're really funny, you're really handsome, you're really entertaining. Heck, Pat Brown's hot as hell. 
and I see him posting his traps. But I, I really want some better content. Like maybe try doing this. Go for it. Try That's being what we better. Want. Yeah. If you want yeah. us to be better, just be better. Us and tell us to be better. <laughs> Literally torment us. Go into the go into the comment section or the uh, the rating section of the podcast and just be like, hey, these guys kind of blow. Do something better. If you really but want, if you really want, give to it five stars skin, though. If you really want to get under our skin, leave five stars. We can't stand. Oh, up. we hate that. Uh, but the off season extravaganza. Uh, what are what's our first question or, or I guess do we want to? Yeah, yeah. Off-season. Introduce your first question because we'll eventually get to the to the point where I messed up big time. So off season extravaganza. We just kind of wanted to talk a lot about off season stuff. Not really. We we don't want to relive the twenty twenty three season. So this first question, actually, this is a Gordo question. First, uh, quite simply, we just want to know one Red Sox free agent player that you want. I didn't say that very well. We want to know one free agent that you want to come to the Red Sox, if that makes sense. But we want it to be a little bit out of the box. Not, we don't want everyone to say Shohei Otani, which is not going to happen. Sorry, Coop. We want to get okay. a little bit creative. So um, we've prepped some names. We'll explain it to you. And uh, any questions, boys, or you want me to kick it off? No, I think that was. I think he summarized that pretty well. Let's let's hear it. What ah, do you got? What do you got? Time to cook. So first mm. off, obviously. Everybody knows the biggest need for the Red Sox is starting pitching. Probably need two, maybe even three. But they also need a right-handed bat. They have holes at second base. They have a hole in right field, maybe. uh, And they don't have a full-time DH, which they may or not uh, go with this year. We'll see. So the guy I want to come to the Red Sox, and this would be so much fun, is big boy Jorge Soler. And this guy, this guy rakes last year with the marlins 36 bombs 128 ops plus 853 ops just a good all-around season yes he's got his warts strikes out a lot and the defense isn't good but this is a guy you can plug into dh or left field have him you know spell yoshida for a few games get him off his feet um mlb trade rumors has him projected to get three years 45 million so 15 a year i feel like that's a really good deal for someone like Soler. Uh, affordable, put him right in the middle of the lineup. Can you guys imagine Devers, who just won Silver Slugger? Congrats. Devers, Soler, Casas trio in that lineup is terrifying. That's like 95 home runs um, through three guys. Uh, 16th in Major League Baseball in slugging percentage at 5-1-2. That's unbelievable. That's better than Adolis Garcia, Pete Alonso, Bryce Harper, and our boy, Rafael Devers. So that's my dude. Jorge Soler, I want him smack dab in the middle of the Red Sox lineup. He might knock the green monster down, but man, that'd be fun. That's that's tough not to say no to. I mean, they, you see what he does, especially in the postseason as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. World Series MVP you're, right you're there. With the, you're with the presence of mind that the Red Sox are going to be hunting for a postseason slot. So if you get someone with a little bit of experience and can demonstrate that they have the contact for it i actually i want to look up his postseason two rings right. he's got two rings he's got the braves cubs, one, right the cubs one yeah man so has been around for a while he's been in major league baseball for 10 years man he's he deserves some more credit everyone gives him uh, grief because of the strikeouts which i understand not great but man he just changes a lot it's interesting i want to everyone talks everyone talks about the solaire strikeouts and i was trying to dig a little bit into Soler versus Adam Duvall just to see like 
if they let Adam Duvall walk and get Jorge Soler, are they really getting that much better? Duvall, 16.8 plate appearances per homer. Soler, 16.1. So that's relatively the same. But the difference actually was in the strikeouts. Duvall struck out 31.2% of his at-bats or uh, of his plate appearances last year. Soler only struck out 24.3%. So Soler, like he's been up and down. Like that's why he's in line for like a three-year deal as opposed to cashing in big time. He had a tough year two years ago, but he was, he was really good this year. Uh, That's just the one question I have though, is if you let Duvall walk and you bring in Soler, how much better do you get? The the big thing between Uh, those defense, because Duvall is definitely a better defender. But another thing I want to point out is two out of the last three seasons, Jorge Soler has had 500 at-bats. So he's a guy that you can generally count on staying healthy, which for Red Sox fans after last year and the year before is something that's to value. So that that's another another reason that I left out. But I actually, I'm actually kind of surprised that the home runs per at-bat is that similar. I know Duvall is an underrated player, but man, that's uh, that's similar still. I feel Soler is... It's the age too. Like you can't, you can't discount Duvall is going to be 35 this year. Soler is going to be 32. So, I yeah. mean, obviously... Age is just a number. Duvall's been doing it at 34, but I mean, he's going to fall off at some point. So is Soler. You got to obviously would prefer to bet on the younger player. But uh, to your point, you said three years, 45 million was MLB trade rumors projection for him. It was also Tim Britton's projection for him. And uh, Britton projected one year, 7 million for Duvall. So that mm. it's, it's tough. It's tough. But Soler is just for the record, a lot more fun. You can also get both. Oh my gosh. You get both. So can you guys guess? Can field? you guess what his postseason OPS is? What? It's got to be astronomical. It's got a one point oh two one. Oh my god! Ooh. Sold. Come on! How could you not be sold for fifteen million? Six a year? dingers in eighty-seven at bats, twenty hits total. I mean, that's that's gorgeous. Solar. That's, that'll make a man cry. World Series MVP for a reason, Coop. Twenty sixteen World Series batted thirteen hundred or OPS of uh thirteen hundred. 13. That's insane. So, 2015 NLDS 2341. Look at that. That's okay. I'm just. Okay. Uh, this is. We're just nerding out with baseball reference now. Yeah. Um. But I. I like the Solaire. I. I. My mind really has not gone to him at all. But I mean, like that's one way to patch up what we need if we're gonna be losing Duvall, which I'd be kind of cool with losing Duvall at this point. Yeah. I, I don't want to say the guy's injury prone just because like he had back to back years where something really took him out but the risk thing fair. freaks me out yeah and like like gordo said he's a lot older too and by the way i, I don't know if you guys heard you could get both you can get both those guys i mean if those. seven million that's not bad so i don't think getting solaire uh precludes you from getting duvall but i i you know who knows all right solid uh pat so mine's not as under the radar just because of one simple, I guess we'll call it a rumor that came out yesterday. I went with Jordan Montgomery. I I think people are overlooking Montgomery because of your Yoshinubo Yamamoto's, your Shohei's, your Snell's, your Nola's. Montgomery's a workhorse. I don't know why, but up until this past World Series, I never really thought to look at his kind of like career numbers because in my head i was like oh he got to st louis and got good that's wildly incorrect he's a three six eight era in 140 games started on top of that we just saw what that man can do in the playoffs he's a 
comparable to Eovaldi. They were 1A, 1B for that Rangers World Series run. Lights out, dominant, six innings every single time. Oh, yeah. That being said, it's another lefty starter, which I like, considering Bayo's the righty. You don't really know what you're going to get with Sale. Postseason numbers are good. Career numbers are good. He just seems like a vibes guy, too. Like He just seems like a good time. The other thing is he's not going to get nearly as much as your Snell's, Yamamoto's, Notani's. That allows you to get a second pitcher in there, whether it be via trade or whether it be via free agency. But Montgomery fit-wise makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything else to add to that. I feel like he's the exact kind of guy the Red Sox need. He's Here's the one concern I have is that I bet there's more, more than one team who thinks the same thing that I just said. This is the kind of guy we need. He's a postseason performer, and we can get him for cheaper than the other pitchers. That's the problem. If there's multiple teams who think that, then it's not the case. There's going to be a bidding war. So I'd be wary of the price because this was this was definitely his, you know, his best season, or you could say best half season with Texas. So it's kind of a matter of which one are you going to get? Are you going to get the Jordan Montgomery from the last two seasons? Or is that kind of an aberration? I think that that's kind of a safe bet. I don't think it's a big risk, but it's worth considering. I, I, I like it, Pat. I like the idea. I hope they do get someone like Montgomery. So you just brought up something that I was thinking about while Pat was talking about, you know, he's going to be an undervalued guy. How many of these, I don't want to say fringe, but I kind of look at Snell and Montgomery as the two guys that maybe will be left off. Like, I feel like Aaron Nola, Shohei, and, uh, and Yamamoto are going to be the guys that are, you know, the bells of the ball type thing. Are we going to be waiting around? for those three to get cleared before we even think about Montgomery and Snell? Because I, I feel like everyone's waiting for Otani's market to like, or I like, are we going to be waiting for Otani to sign first? Is he going to be the, like where, like the decider of where this market goes? Like, I don't know if people are going to be looking at him as, Hey, he's a unicorn. So he'll sign wherever he signs for however much, or is it more of we're going to wait for the first shoe to drop and then all the dominoes are going to start falling? Because that's how I see this going. Going off of that, I think your question was right and wrong in a way. I do think Shohei will set the market. That's a pretty well-known thing is that once he settles, the teams that lose out now have all this money they were planning on spending. But the flip side of that is it is Craig Breslow himself has come out and said it we are adding at least two starting pitchers. Why wait for Shohei if you're going to pay a second one anyways? That's I what say I mean. You like, get, I, I say you get ahead and you get one of your guys, whether it be Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, whoever. You pay them now before Shohei sets the market and teams are floundering for another pitcher. Here's the issue with that, Pat, though, is that these guys, I think, are going to want to wait until Shohei sets the market. Because That's say Shohei... Right. Like, imagine the Shohei market is going to be, like, we'll say top three teams are the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Giants, and we'll say the Giants get them. So now the Dodgers, who have been under the impression they're getting Shohei for a year plus now, now have all this extra money, and now they're going to blow these other teams out of the water for these guys. I do. I feel like Jordan Montgomery is one of those guys that every contender that hasn't quite gotten over the hump sees as like that guy who's going to push us over the top. And he kind of is that, and he was that for the Rangers this year. So 
I think if he's one of two guys you add, like that's the dream. Like I, I like that you went that route, Pat. That's like the premium second guy you add. That's the absolute yep. best case scenario. If you add like an ace and then Jordan Montgomery, <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, well, speaking of also- aces. Ooh. Coop, do you want to put one more thing? I was going to move on to mine. No, no, no. Go wanna... for it. Go for it. I, I'm excited to hear about your ace. Here we go. We like aces. We need two of them. So I went with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. What? He should be. What? Just... No, no, no. Say it again. Say it again. No, no, no. Say it again. You want me to say his name again? I want you to say it. It sounds name. good. I, oh, say it sounds my name. So Yoshinobu good. Yamamoto. So, Pat, Pat nailed it earlier, yes. by the way. That was really good, Pat. When you said it earlier, you said it so quick. That was good. Gordo, you did good too. Everyone's everyone's doing a good job. No, no, no. Shit all over. Dump all over, oh, Gordo. Pat, Pat, I mean, one more time. Do it, Pat. Yoshinobu. Oh, no. Now I've, no. Uh, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Don't cut there this. you go. Okay. Now, Gordo? Yamamoto is 25 years old. He's a free agent at 25 years old. He has the best stuff on the free agent market amongst starting pitchers. He has six plus pitches and there's no qualifying offer attached to him. All he costs is money. This is a guy who's won three straight oh, sophomore all? awards. It's money. It's just money. Oh, it's, no prospects. It's like Monopoly. No draft picks. It's crazy. Like literally it's just paper. If we could pitch yeah, him. No, that's, what I say, that's what I say to my landlord every month. I'm just like, yeah, just take it. It's just paper. I don't need it. Tip your landlord. Yeah, we could all pitch in money, and we could probably sign Yamamoto. Just money, whatever. Like, go fund me. Yeah, those always work. Yeah, uh, Gordo. Yeah, well said. I cannot recall this scenario ever. Like you said it all. Twenty-five year old ace, no qualifying offer. It's a unicorn situation. <laughs> I don't know how much he's going to cost. I've said it before on the show. I think it's going to be. More than what's it. Like I saw, what is it like two ten? Is what people are saying. Everyone's yeah. yeah. Everyone's like around like two hundred five, two ten. I yeah, I agree with you, Sammy. I can see it like two thirty. Like who? This is you're right. It's unprecedented. This guy is twenty five years old. Yeah. I feel like that's not crazy for the Red Sox to do after just signing Masataka. Is that? Yeah, no, I would agree. The other thing though is when he was going to get posted, the number on him has gone incrementally higher every month since it was known he was coming over yep. he started off at 150 two months ago it was 180 last month it's 200 this month it's 215 220 i think sammy just said it. i think he goes for bare minimum 250 yeah yeah i don't think that's crazy and people are like oh like you're, it's it's ridiculous he has me pitching he is 25 years old with some of the best stuff on the planet uh, so and he's had what a thousand or he's just i tweeted this out like last week where he's at i think like 950 something innings pitched uh in the npb right now and that's all that he'll inevitably pitch unless no one decides to sign him yeah um <laughs> and he has a sub one whip that's which that's that's, that's insane it's ridiculous otani had he- like over a one and he only had 500 innings pitched and, like just to have the double the amount of time and still have that much better numbers yeah. shows how great he is my only question is and it kind of goes back i wanted to circle this back to the jordan montgomery thing where we were saying is there going to be a domino to fall and i think yamamoto is that domino to fall because he has what only 45 days yeah uh, 45 days from like posting. 45 days and getting posted any day now too yeah yeah so i mean like it, that's going to be the floodgates i think 
he's going to go he's going to hit the market i don't know like i i don't know any i don't know squat about nothing i there's a great ozarks quote for, uh that's a little bit more rough with that uh but <laughs> that was beautiful <laughs> yeah thank you um i listen i don't want odyssey coming down on us on the first episodes so we're gonna keep it clean um but i mean like that's the thing is once he is i think he's going to be the one to actually decide the market for pitching like i don't think otani obviously otani will set the market for what's to come for years but i think this season is really going to be decided in how much guys are valued based on what yamamoto gets in these next 45 days and it's kind of like well we none of us really know how fast this is going to happen and, and that's kind of the exciting part of this off season it's just like at any moment like we could get an alert on our phone that this guy is just locked up for however many years and about to change an organization. Hopefully that organization is named the Boston Red Sox. Yes, sir. And, and Gordo, before you go, I know you have a take, but uh, Yamamoto, if you, so, you know, everyone's always concerned guys coming over from NPB, are they going to have the same numbers in the majors? And normally they, you know, they change a little bit, but if you took uh, Yamamoto's ERA, which this year was 1.16 and you added two entire earned runs to it that is still an unbelievably good pitcher so i i've never been less concerned about a guy's transition from japan to the states this kid is like this kid's a, and you i don't know if you guys how much you've watched of him his delivery is like easy he's not putting a ton yep, of effort he's smooth and silky comes out like 99 just unbelievable like that's i think that should be everyone's number one target I just don't want to get hurt, you know? I don't want to get hurt. So it's a self, Sammy, self-preservation. I think you that's the only the... way this season ends. They're not the only way, but I think it's either Shut like up, things Coop. work out, things work out, or we are going to be very let down. Shut up, Coop. What's up, Gordo? Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, uh, Sam, you talked about, you talked about his delivery and how it's so easy. What makes it even more incredible about that is that he's 5'10". And coming from such a small build to throw that hard so easily is so impressive. And I think that most people, if you had to bring up one concern about the guy, would say the size. And, you know, is there a chance that he breaks down? That's always the talk with these small starting pitchers. But the people who have played with him and the people who've played against him and the people who've worked with him talk about how he's like a freak in the weight room, you know, like Pat Brown, maybe times 100. What? Like they talk about. I don't like my pitches being too uh, strong and throwing weights around. It's not Well, you're going to like this, Coop. Uh, okay. Apparently, he's mad flexible. That's a thing. Oh, Apparently, Yamamoto baby. is crazy Coop flexible. That. Coop I do love pliability. Here's the thing that I would say to the, the people who are like concerned about his uh his size. I don't care. Size. Yeah, neither do I. He's unbelievable. Who, we're looking for stuff. injury risks. He's Sammy, are you willing to say right now that size doesn't matter? <laughs> Gentlemen. Say it. Size doesn't card it. Come on. Size does not matter if you can throw ninety-nine miles an hour and have a one ERA. 
So sign well, yeah, Yamamoto. A nice and again, why are we talking about this? Like we talk about guys breaking down because usually free agents sign when they're like 30, 31 or whatever. He's 25. Like, come on. We've got half a decade before we talk about this. And that like the Red Sox fired Bloom. They brought in Craig Breslow, and they're very open about how their biggest need is starting pitching. And anytime Breslow is asked about anything else, he basically says, like, yeah, like, we're, like, happy we could use it, but, like, our priority is starting pitching. Like, he is telling us right now that this is the focus. And you've got a guy on the market who only costs money, who's the basically undisputed, not not counting Otani, he's not going to pitch this year. He's basically the undisputed best pitcher on the market. All he's going to cost is money. If the Red Sox want to prove to their fans that they're serious about winning and that fans should take them seriously, both in terms of their willingness to spend and also their willingness to spend on the right guy. Like this isn't just throwing money on something that's going to make a headline. This isn't Pablo Sandoval. Like that's what that was. They were throwing money at a guy just to like get goodwill in a headline. This would be throwing money, filling a need doing something that the fan base would love, but would also feel like an obvious need that makes your team way better. He's the best there is. He's 25. It's just money. It's Check. as obvious as it gets. Like if they don't get it's Yamamoto, just it's they're just getting outbid. Like that's just yeah. what it is. And it's just ownership getting outbid. Could it be a better? Uh, so can we, can we already get, we need to get shirts ready that are in the, it, because this is the once aforementioned Brad Foe show. We got to go with one of his lines. Uh, we got to get t-shirts for it's just money. It's just money. Hell yeah. It's just like a 90s graphic design of Yamamoto, like just a whole bunch of really bad like Photoshop, a whole bunch of dollar bills. Like it's a like YMCMB type thing. And then just Yamamoto. It's just money. Another Rob thing. Another Rob thing. And this kind of sort of applies. I think it applies. People might disagree. But Rob talked a lot about he would like to see the Red Sox pay for a proven commodity. And Yamamoto, I think, is so good that you can put him in that category. I know people would disagree, but... It's been a while since they've done that. I feel like it's, uh, oh, maybe we can fit this guy here. Who knows? Kike might play shortstop. We'll see how he does. Yoshida, uh, we'll see how he does in left field. He DH'd a lot in Japan. Like, get me the guy. I want to get the guy. It's been so long since we've had that holy JD moment. Was JD the last big signing? Yeah, either JD or if you want to count the Devers extension. Regardless, it's like there needs to be some injection. And Gordo said it best. It checks every box on and off the field. Just... It's just money. I'll throw just it. Just do of it. Oh my god! Is Why do we have to talk about the Mets and like all these random, all these teams? Like they, like no, the Red Sox should do this. They yeah, should it just needs do to it. Happen. It needs to. And like in this, I guess. Do we want to? I guess this brings up my coop. What else needs to happen? Tell me what needs to happen. It's sad that this is the first episode and I'm going to have to like really admit this. Like the Shohei Otani thing's not happening. No. Like I can't continue to hurt myself. Wow. Like this is only I'm only if I continue to dig deep into this, I'm going to end up a shell of myself. He's that's been a Dodger for that's a what year. you guys are going to get. He's, he's, you've he's come this far. I, <laughs> look, the quotes aren't good, Gordo. The quotes aren't good. Last year when the Dodgers did very very little in the offseason, that's basically them signing Shohei Otani in my eyes. Did you not see what I tweeted in like January last year? Each short-term contract that the Red Sox makes, my dumb fan brain is like talking myself into the fact that the Red Sox want to sign Shohei Otani. I remember that 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 verbatim. That is verbatim. Well, it's pinned. Uh, Oh, is that why? (laughs) Yes. 
uh, I mean, like, if you go through that thread, it's, like, all my little, it's all my little clues. It's my, like, cardboard, uh, like, bulletin board where I'm just connecting things that make absolutely no sense. Uh, But then Alex Spear came out with something today. Yeah, that quote uh, is, quote, let's get this out of the way. Boston looks like an unlikely landing spot for Otani. And, like, obviously that comes as a disappointment for all the people who have been – because, like, you've had, like, Bob Nightingale saying you'd be foolish to count the Red Sox out. You had John Heyman saying that, like, the Sox are, like, a legitimate candidate for him. Like, these reports have been out there. So, like, when a guy like Spear, who's as tapped into the Red Sox as they come, says something like that, like, yeah, you have to listen. Yeah, and then I believe Rob also had a very cryptic quote from from Craig that was, like – a two-way player is really like valuable and everything, but we're looking for guys that we can count on and in just positional spots. So it, I think it's so far ruled out by Craig Breslow that he wants to gamble on Shohei Otani, and I can't blame him. Is as great as he is, I don't. I mean, I my slide here is literally. I was trying to talk myself into it, and it's uh, pros hits home runs a bunch exclamation point. Now for everyone listening, uh, uh, Coop oh, cool. made a slideshow. That's what I'm like. I'm wondering how should I just wait until the end? Should I just I, have you guys? No, go no. Through I think your... you address that now because you just referenced a slide yeah. in your presentation. Yeah. Let's talk about. Okay, it. so should I kick off the, like the players that we don't want hyped? Well, why don't we start the new one that we don't want? Do you want me to introduce the next segment, Coop? Yeah, intru- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So our next segment, another Gordo special, is uh, give us a player that Red Sox fans generally have been uh, clamoring for that you want no part of. So, Coop, would you like to start? Uh, yeah, I would love to. Let me just bring up this slide that I made because I show. thought that we were all supposed to make a presentation. Yeah, we had a little uh, texting snafu today where Coop misread present and he thought it was presentation. So he has a slide. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. Coop. Wait, Coop. was that a picture yeah. of you at the ballpark? No, I don't know who that child is. I just Googled uh, Fenway Park in uh, Google Slides, and that was something that pulled up. So shout out to that father and son for a really cool moment that Google now rips off. Uh, So this, welcome to my TED Talk. This is Shohei Otani versus Whit Merrifield. My thoughts that don't really matter. Uh, Next slide. I like how Whit Merrifield's name is just cut off. It's Whit Merrifield. (laughs) For people who can't see it, it's... My thoughts in big letters, and then that don't really matter in the small yeah. letters. No, I'll, I'll post well this. together. I, I think we'll put this up on the, the WI YouTube if you're watching right now. This, <laughs> this is, is so funny. Um, so cons about... Oh, God, wrong slide. Too early. Uh, cons, uh, candy-ass name. Merrifield? What are you, a merry-go-round? Are you a field that you want to play in? Figure it out. Uh, more expensive righty second base bat on the market. This is where we're actually getting serious now. Um, so spot track has them at right now having the second highest projected, uh, contract that would fetch around six and a half million dollars. Uh, if he were to be signed instantly this point right now, point blank, uh, that's honestly not terrible. I don't know if you guys are that willing to spend on that second base hole right now with what we've seen out of some of the guys that Heim ended up picking up at the end of the season between Urias. I mean, like I, we talked about this in the chat where Urias is a guy that has floundered, has come up and down. Uh, I brought up a guy uh, that I think could have like a little bit. Madre, uh Rosario, he's a little touch and go. I mean, he does K a lot because he loves chasing. 
but he does have an impressive on-base percentage, which I do like and does hit well at Fenway, which I do love because when you look at Whit Merrifield in 2023 at Fenway Park, 31 at-bats, he slashed 143, 226, and 286 for a BABIP that was even worse than his, worse than his actual batting average at 136. Um, you would like to see him do better at uh, Fenway Park. I also included all of his other years at Fenway Park because he actually did well there. Additionally, I'm I'm being upfront and in person with all this because I understand that Whit Merrifield is actually a good choice. I'm just trying to bait against him because I want more money for Shohei Otani, which is now. This is really funny because this kind of insinuates that like, you know, if the Red Sox sign Whit Merrifield, that means they're out on Shohei Otani. Yeah, no, I mean that's, but like that you, you can only have, have one. They'd be like, they're spending money elsewhere. Why? Why are they putting it to Shohei? Shohei. Do you want Shohei Otani, or do you want what? How old is he now? Thirty-four year old. Thirty-four. Thirty-four and a half. Thirty-four year old. Dude, honestly, nothing against Whit Merrifield. Like, if the Red Sox signed him, this would be my reaction. <clears throat> oh. And that's yeah. It. It's a Kike Hernandez signing. That's what oh. it is. Ooh. 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 Uh, he, had, Ooh. he had a seven. Th- he had a seven hundred OPS last year. Like he, right. so he's he's okay. Yeah, like, seven hundred OPS compared to seven hundred errors. Okay. Not the same. Uh, and so we have. I I wanted to expand the search of uh, and shout out fan graphs for all my uh, splits tools. Uh, I wanted to look at what he's batting like because obviously I wanted to look at Fenway because that's where he's playing fifty percent of the year. And Alex Gore had talked about on uh, Jared Carabas' podcast today. Great interview, uh, not to pump someone else's tire. Finish this podcast and then go listen to that because it was a great job by Jared with uh, Cora. And Cora kind of talked about the fact that they signed Justin Turner last year, not really for first base or DH, uh, but to play second base. And they were willing to sacrifice a bit of the defense to make up for their offensive power. And until... Turner got hurt. That's the plan that they were going to stick with. And they ended up having to shift him over to first place. Split split time, yada, 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 whoop-de-whoop. We all know how that ended for the Red Sox this year. I don't know if they want to take that same gamble where they want to put someone out of position to field second base. So most likely, yeah, like Whit Merrifield makes the most sense out of the guys on the market right now. But again, expected annual value. 6.5 6.5 million. I don't know if I want to spend that much. I, I because I want to spend on next slide, people. Oh shit. Uh this is current 2024 free agent second baseman. So Gene Segura is up there, probably gonna fetch a whole lot of money. He's younger than Whit Merrifield as well. Yeah. So he's, oh, he's likely out. Money. No, um, it is the other names on there. Oh come on. No, it's look, a thin look, market. Look at it. He he hit like 130 this year. He stinks and he's a terrible defender <laughs> and he's got Wait, like, they think he's good. Oh no, he made 14 million this year. I thought that said he was yeah. projected 14 million. Yeah, no, he, he got DFA'd by Miami. Yeah. Oh god, no. Real quick. Real quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh so I like Whit Merrifield kind of has the market cornered. He's monopolized his own position heading into next year. Uh I Michael Chavis might be able to edge him out. I don't know. Uh Probably not. Likely not. We love Chavis and his Batman costume that he slides himself into. Um, but we're going to go ahead and pass on that. Um, and this was not really... To, it, this blew up on Twitter because it's phrased as Shohei Otani versus uh, Whip Merrifield. It's not. It's just the two that we have set up in this situation. But I knew that it was... It was just a hell of a title, though. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. Um, but this kind of concludes the presentation because my next slide is me just being really sad that we're not going to sign Shohei Otani. Um, but it would be nice. Red Sox can spend it. They, I mean, the money's the money's not an issue. It's just practicality. And uh, this concludes my TED Talk. I'm going to now sink away into the fact that the Red Sox will not be signing, you know, the most impressive guy to ever touch a baseball field. Okay. Well, okay. So Coop doesn't want well done. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Very That's long the synopsis right there. No? <laughs> you're you're going to catch me crying um, on the streets of Lansdowne when Mitt, Whit, Merrifield, Mitt Wearfield uh, is signed. All right, you want you want me to go, or Pat? You got a thing? <laughs> Pat's got. No, something. no, no. You said you can go. All right, okay. So, uh, my guy that I don't want, and this isn't someone who, you know, saying I don't want him is kind of like a little extreme. It's just not not close to my top choice, and that's Blake Snell. Uh, no doubt, he had an unbelievable season this year. Uh, he's been around for a long time. This year, two point two five ERA, just unbelievable. I get it. But biggest issue with the Red Sox, one of the biggest issues with the Red Sox last year was that the bullpen got burnt out big time. Part of that reason was because the starters were not going deep into games, and that led to the bullpen having to pitch extra innings. So Blake Snell, he pitched 180 innings last year. That ties his career high. He's only done that twice. Um, and the last time he threw 180 innings, he had elbow problems. So I just kind of... You know, if you go through his career, um, his rookie season under 100 innings, then it's 129, 180, then elbow issues. The next year, 100 innings, and then 128. So he's just not really an innings eater. He's a great pitcher. Again, I want to reiterate, great pitcher, just not an innings eater, and the Red Sox really badly need innings eaters. I'd almost rather Aaron Nola than Blake Snell just for that reason. Uh and if the Red Sox are going to shell out the money to sign him, it's probably going to be around $200 million. And if you're already doing that, why not just get Yamamoto? Just spend a little extra. So, yeah, Blake Snell, great pitcher, just not the guy that I want to see the Red Sox sign. Yeah, I uh, I also had Snell. Yes. His, his numbers are extremely odd because he had a 2-1-1. Is that what he had this year? His ERA this year? Yeah. 2.25. So 2.25, which you're like, wow, this guy, this guy's incredible. He, his walk numbers is over five per nine. Yeah. He was a wizard at letting guys get on base, but get out of jams. Like it, it didn't make sense and it's likely not sustainable. Yeah. And I agree with you, Pat, his FIP is 3.44, which is a massive difference. So Yes. So yeah. then comparatively for people who are like, oh, like nine innings is a long time, like five walks in a ball game, you know, so, comparatively speaking, Brian Bayo's walks per nine was 2.6 in his first full year in the league. Blake Snell is 30 years old right now. And I'm telling you right now, most guys don't just magically throw more innings per start. Blake Snell averages for his career le less than five and a third per start. Yeah, that is not what the Red Sox need. The Sox need. Can a guy I ask both who... you guys? Yes. Let me ask both of you guys a question because obviously, like, there's a price for everything. If they got Snell on a one-year, five million dollar deal, you'd both be thrilled. What is yeah. the price? Like, what is your what is your top price where you would 
where your reaction will be, okay, I, I think I can get behind it at that price. I, I think go ahead. for me, I think it's more so length because I think he's going to okay. get one of those six, seven-year contracts. I think if – I mean, he, it's not going to happen. But on like a three- to four-year deal between 24 and 28, that's pretty palatable even with his current – I mean, current output meaning, you know, the innings per start and all that. It's that that back half of the contract, if someone gives him six or seven years, that's going to get real ugly when he can't give you meaningful innings. And like Sammy said before, last time he threw 180 innings, he had all kinds of elbow issues. Yeah. So if that happened when he was 25, right? Yeah, 25. When you when you when you're over 30 or 32, let's say he touches 180 again, his elbow's not going to get better, and he's not going to start miraculously throwing more innings. That that's more my point is the years on it, not so much the AAV. I don't know about Sammy. No, I, I completely agree. And I think part of the discourse that gets missed when people talk about trading for players or signing players is that you're not paying for what they've done. You're paying for what they're going to do. So for example, today I was discussing Jonathan India with someone and they were saying, oh, like his numbers haven't been that impressive over his career. Like, look, he's done this, this, and that. But you look a little deeper into the metrics and you see that he's you know, incrementally gotten a little bit better as he's aged as a major leaguer. He's now 27. And so next year I would, you know, I would guess he's going to take a leap next year. Who knows how much, but that's kind of the point I'm getting at. With Snell, do you think he's going to repeat his 2023 season? I think it's pretty unlikely. I think it's more likely that you get kind of some in-between of what we've seen. And uh, Pat said it well, at 30, guys don't normally become more of a horse. You know, there's your, your freakazoids like Scherzer and Verlander, but I don't see Blake Snell being that guy. I just, I need reliability. We have We already have you know, tons of injury riddled guys on the staff. I would like to see someone like Montgomery, Nola, and of course, Yamamoto uh, in lieu of Blake Snell. You guys make an interesting, you talking about the money and you're comparing to Nola and stuff. It's interesting because you got a guy in Snell who's going to take home that NL Cy Young award. Like this is, this is a guy who's going to be a free agent after winning the NL Cy Young award. And people are predicting that he's going to get a similar contract and potentially less than Aaron Nola, who had a 4.46 ERA this past season. So that just speaks to the level of concern that a lot of people around the game do have about around him. To me, it kind of, he kind of gives off Carlos Rodon vibes, doesn't he? Because Rodon, when he was a free agent, that's a see, good comp. You saw how good he was two years running too, but like especially in San Francisco, like you saw how good he was, and like you know the Red Sox need pitching, so you're telling yourself like, oh, they got Rodon, and he repeated that then like, oh, we could really run from there. But like your head also says this guy's going to break down and the Yankees signed him and guess what? He breaks down. So there's a chance something like that happens with Snell. There's a chance that he regresses to the mean, gets a little bit closer to that FIP. As Sammy said, he's got great stuff. He's got as good a stuff as you're going to find outside of Yamamoto and Otani if you want to count him. And he fits it as a starting pitcher. But and we'll get to this when I talk about my guy, but it's not just about finding a guy who fits what you need. It's about finding the right guy who's going to be good over the duration of a contract. And I'm I'm sort of back and forth on Snell. I've sold myself on it. I've backed off. So I'm, I, I don't want to give like a firm take because I just, I go so back and forth, but I like, I definitely understand where you guys are coming from and being against it. So yeah, it's a, it's a risky maneuver. That's for sure. Here's a question for you guys. If 
I mean, like, we're all kind of, I, I would say, are we all out on Otani? Yeah, Do I mean, we, you, you, are we, let's, okay, let's make this, play Tessie is officially out on Shohei Otani, is well, that, well, can we all not, agree on we're that? Out, we're not out on Shohei Otani, I'm not out on him, I just, it's just not gonna happen. It, I would love, so you're out on him. I would love, no, no, I want it to, what do you mean by out? Out on the chances of it happening or out on wanting it? Those are two different questions. Do you want do you want the Red Sox to sign Shohei Otani? Yes or no? I like fun. I like fun. Of course. Oh, you try to convince yourself with that so hard. Coop, listen. It's like there's there's something there's you sign a guy like Shohei. There's two different things you could do. You sign a guy like Yamamoto because it's a smart baseball move and it's gonna make you great. You sign a guy like Shohei and it revives baseball in Boston. Like it changes the landscape. So yeah, like would I be willing to see them get a little crazy to change the landscape of baseball in Boston? Yes. Do I think they're going to do it? No. Yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. That's why. I th- I, that's why I think it's fair to say we're out. Like I, I think there are better moves that set this team up to be better in the that like to be more successful in the long run than Shohei <laughs> Otani. Fair, fair. So that's that's why I'm I'm okay saying I'm out on Otani. I, I'm saying no to the greatest baseball player in the world. Um, but my question for you guys is that if Otani's off the market, Yamamoto signs somewhere else, Aaron Nola signs somewhere else. Oh, don't do that. No, then, then go ahead. Keep you're, left with, you're left with Montgomery, and you're left with Snell as the next top two pitchers on the free agent market. If Montgomery isn't signed yet and he's hanging in the balance and you're now having to deal with Blake Snell, are how many years are you saying is the cap on what the Red Sox can sign him for? For Snell? Yep. That, it's almost an impossible question because I, I'm not in favor of anything long-term with him. And by long-term, I mean five-plus. And if you sign him short-term, you're going to have to give him an absurd amount of money each year because you're not giving him the term that he wants. So... He's and he's he's just not going to take it because he'll get that long term offer. It's like five. Yeah, I don't know, man. I it, I just don't. I I don't see a scenario a where it makes sense. I, I'd rather if it comes down to that, I would rather sign Montgomery and then trade for a pitcher. It just does that's my answer. So yeah, I just don't see the Snell thing making sense. And again, for the third time, I'm not saying he's not a good pitcher. He is, but the team a team like the Red I don't think it's worth it. And it's also you. The Sox now have the farm system where they yeah. can do a sign and trade type you, situation. You know who Snell makes yeah. sense for? Snell makes sense for a team like sign. Snell makes sense for a team like the Braves or the Astros, who are really good already. Dodgers, Dodgers, who need a guy to put them over the top. Like if he goes down, oh, we can we can replace him for a few weeks, for a month, for multiple months. That's where he should go, in my opinion. Not a team like the Red Sox, who's finishing up a rebuild and wants to enter contender status. A team that's already there. And Another for the Sox, if he goes down, it's like we have nothing. Like we 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 have we haven't produced pitching in years, yeah. so we don't. It's not like we have anything to replace oh, no. him. But like if he goes down for the Dodgers, like they've got guys growing on trees out there. Like they can afford it. They've had guys going down for years, and they've replaced them all. Red Sox signs Snell, and he gets hurt. Caleb Board is not walking through that door. <laughs> oh, I'm saving my money. My head before I'm saving my money on, on the Snell. <laughs> and I'm bringing back Corey Kluber. Oh, ah, yes. It's cost-saving maneuver, but Pat. This is why quickly, they pay you the big bucks. Very quickly, going off what Sammy was saying, I would feel more comfortable settling for two middle rotation guys 
than panic signs now. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, again, we're not doing the Heim thing. We're not, oh, next year. Like, next year's uh, free agent starting pitching class is pretty loaded. Walker Bueller, Max Freed, Shane Bieber, Corbin Burns. But yeah, exactly. so I think it's if you don't get if you don't get your guy, then I think it, you're better off signing what is a full rotation more so than the ideal rotation. If that makes sense, I would prefer to get like a Montgomery and an Erod or a Montgomery and a Sunny Gray, some combination of that, than just panic pay a Blake Snell, which could likely be a disaster in three four years. I got a I got an impossible question for you guys. I just I just want a yes or no. We don't have to spend any more time on this segment. Really quick, who would what would you rather sign Blake Snell or sign Erod and Giolito? Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> I'll give I, you my answer quickly on that. I'm taking I'm and I'm I'm just gonna have to take this route because you guys are also anti Snell. I'm gonna have to take the high road on this one and say I'm taking Blake Snell. Give me the upside. Wow. Okay. Okay. Cool. I, uh, Oh yeah, Coop. Yeah, I, I I think I have to go Snell on this. I mean, like you. So in one situation, you have two. You have Giulio who's puttered, and then you have Eddie, who I I don't think anyone can predict like what he's going to do health wise and pitching wise. If he's healthy, he's one of he can be a solid middle reliever guy for you. I, I don't want to say he's Eddie, love but he can get you a solid twenty five starts. I that is a something that you can count on. Yeah, it's. The fact that you can't count on him, period, to begin with. It, it, like You don't know if he's going to be able to play a full season for you, whether that's something that's going on off the field or something that's going on uh, physically for him. That's why I'm unwilling to take that chance on him because just as we were talking about with Snell, where, yeah, he is shaky and whatnot. Yeah, he hits the third, third time through the order. You don't know what's going to be happening. And this is a lot longer than a yes or no. But the whole point is just the upside on Snell is a whole lot more than the upside on Eddie and Giolito if you are to make that gamble. Yeah. Real and quick, it's one my, guy, so you can leave the rotation open for a guy in the next offseason that Pat just told us all that talent that's there. My answer is in the landscape of free agency, I don't like Snell. I really don't like Giolito. I'm, I would really? go Snell as well. Wow. I... You don't like Giolito thinking he's going to get what? Like, what contract are you saying that? Is, you, what contract you, is in your head that makes you say you don't like him? Twenty-five million is what I think Giolito is. He's getting like 20, 12 and a half million a year because he, he didn't have a good season last year. I think that's. Have you seen the projections though? He, These people think he's getting like fifty insane. to seventy mil. Yeah, no, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think, I've seen I think he's he, going to take a one-year deal. I saw someone say uh, I forget what what outlet had Red Sox signing Giolito for two years, forty-eight. No, no, <laughs> yeah. The thing, my I thing would do like a one year twelve. I mean, I don't. It, that I'd give him whatever bad. he wants for one year. I'd give him one year twenty. Like, who cares? It's well, one year. Guys, the Bruins. I don't know if I'd do one year twenty. Guys, so that is, crazy. I guess that's the good point. Is the Bruins terms? Goal. Terms Bruins are Bruins key goal. here. Sorry, Bruins sorry. Goal. Can we just all right? Off of the Bruins. They're winning four to two. All right, back to the Sox. Bruins. Thank you, guys. No, I was gonna say terms. Terms are big here because if you lose out on your guys. And then you can get Giolito to take like a prove it deal, one for, you know, 12. I don't love, but one for 12 ish. Then you still set yourself up to be in the mix for the, the guys I said earlier your Bueller's, your Freed's, your Bieber's, your Burns's. 
so it, it's not really the risk of it, but if it turns into some form of multi-year commitment, I think it's Snell and a no-brainer. That's fair. All do right. we want to move on to our final question? Yes, yes we do. I will. Hold on. Nice. I got to give you mine before we, we go. Gordo. We got a Gordo. Ooh. My guy that I don't want the Sox to sign. We talk on Twitter about how the Red Sox need a right-handed bat. Breslow has said they need a right-handed bat. Like, they're going to get a right-handed bat. The guy that I don't want to see them take the plunge on is Teoscar Hernandez. And he feels like he's one of the better bats on the market. But this is a guy who's 31 years old and his OPS has declined now three straight seasons. He went from 919 to 870 to 807. And last year, 741. This is a guy that the Blue Jays basically decided after last season, they didn't want to pay one year 14 million for. So they found a way to just get a reliever from him for him from Seattle. Teoscar's K rate is up each of the last two years with last year being his highest since his breakout in 2020. It's gone from 24.9% to 28.4 to 31.1. So this is a guy who's expected to get four years and 80 million. And the biggest reason that I don't want Teoscar Hernandez, despite him being a right-handed bat with some pop, which the Red Sox do need, I will say that. But the reason I don't want him is because if you take a plunge and invest another sizable contract there, that's going to end the dreams of some of the bigger guys that I want the Red Sox to be going after. I want the Sox looking at Juan Soto, whether it be in a trade or in a year in free agency. I want them barking up San Diego's tree to get Fernando Tatis Jr. I want them trying to get Luis Robert from, from Chicago. Like These are the guys that, sh- that the Red Sox should be aiming to put in their outfield. Like Teoscar Hernandez screams free agent that is going to just decline each and every year by year two his OPS is in the 600s and we just were counting down the years till he till he's off the books like just don't sign guys like that you should be trying to develop your mid-tier guys develop like a a a roster of depth and then pay like the upper echelon of guys like I don't want to see the Sox taking like 50 to 80 million dollar plunges I want to see the Sox spending 200 million dollars on their free agents and supplementing it or I guess that you're using those guys to supplement that the core that they already have in place, all of the cheap guys. So Teoscar is just another one of those mid-tier signings. You see these guys fall off the cliff all the time. I see it happening with him. It's already started to happen. It's happening right in front of our faces. Avoid Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, Gordo, I agree with everything you said. I do think that playing in Seattle probably hurt him. That's a big ballpark. My thing with signing Teoscar Hernandez, that would be... So boring. That would be the most boring, like, that's the bat we got. Like, hey, it makes the team a little better, but that's such a boring signing. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate signing him, but I I definitely wouldn't like it. I, I They should aim higher, whether it's in a trade or free agency, or just get someone who's really good at defense instead. I, I don't, yeah, Tay Oscar does pretty much nothing for me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I feel like that's a pretty universal. I think it's a pretty universal. Like no one's really that interested in him. Like we all know the Red Sox can do so much better. What? 
Yeah, I tweeted did. out that I didn't want the, the Sox to sign Teoscar or Stroman. And I think people like universally just kind of don't like Stroman. So like no one really pushed back on that. But a lot of people were like, why, why Teoscar? Like it feels like he's catching strays out of nowhere and like gave you my it's thoughts. It's not like he's catching strays. Like it's just like the Red Sox you know can why? do so much better. Gordo, you know why? Like, this is the Red Sox. Come on. Gordo, thank you. It's because your followers are mostly Boston people. So they're used to seeing Toronto Teoscar. They probably didn't see much of Seattle Teoscar last year. So they're like, why? That's he's true. really good. But you're like, no, nah, no. Nah, he, he, yeah. eh, he was yeah. really good. I'll give him that. He was really good. Yeah, he, he yeah. had a minute. But yeah, it's just, it's so boring. I can't think of a less like, like, it, w- give me uh, uh, Gordo and Coop and Pat. Give me the sound you would make. If they sign Teoscar Hernandez, you see the notification on your phone. I would go, huh? oh, that was very. I, I don't think, think that's I would me. be. Oh, that's I'd, me. I'd get Ugh. like a little. So like, I'd get a little. That's the phone buzzing, and I'd be like, eh? hey. that's a good okay. one. Okay. So you kind of. I would be. Oh, go ahead. I would be the embodiment of like the Larry David gift. The. Uh, yeah. Uh. We'd all make like Larry David noises if you, we don't want to make a Larry sense of anguish. Noise. I would yeah. make the Tim Allen noise. Of <laughs> now, <laughs> before really I just want to get Coop. Coop, I want to hear the noise you would make if the Red Sox signed Shohei Otani. Go. I don't think I. It's not like NSFW. It's like not in. It's not in. It's not in, it's not in the. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god. It's not no, programmed in the computer yet. It's like uncharted waters. It's no, like it's I like don't... landing on Mars. It's like we haven't done that yet. That's it, I think it would be like I'm not a drug guy, but if I were to take DMT, I feel like that would be a similar feeling. Like I feel like I would be like Joe Rogan just experiencing bliss. If, yeah, if you, if they signed Otani, it would be like you just like teleport to a club in Vegas yeah. and you're like Whoa. I would find Nirvana. I I think that's how I found peace in life. Is just like Otani becomes a Red Sox. What if you combusted? You know what? It'd be for the greater good of Red Sox nation. So I I'd be happy to be a martyr. All right. So like we we like we won't have Coop anymore. He spontaneously combusted because he was so excited about Otani. But Otani's in the Sox. So. Otani's here, and you know what? People would be like, he died for our sins. Yeah, Coop died. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Pat. Pat, you got a you got a Teoscar thought, or you want me to move on? No, you can move on. It would just be the Tim Allen noise, though. <laughs> I I agree. I, I agree with everyone. So, all right, Are we doing Verdugo. We're doing Verdugo. This last one is very simple. Another, by the way, third time. These are all questions that Gordo came up with. He's the question extraordinaire. So, um, where do we think Verdugo is going to end up? I think we all agree he's very very likely to be traded. Uh, there were some some rumblings about it uh, that we mentioned earlier. So, uh, where are we thinking, boys? Like, go ahead. Whoever wants it first. I'll kick it off. I think so. There are reports that the Red Sox are looking to add at least at least two starting pitchers. I think one of which I do think they get an ace this offseason, whether it be via free agency or via trade. I think they get the ace. I also think they sign a two or three a la Montgomery, Sonny Gray, Erod, one of those guys. I think you send Verdugo and not not a big prospect, no one meaningful, just a little little sugar on top, a little sugar on top of the whipped cream. I think you send him to Miami for Edward Cabrera. Ooh, love it. I think that Craig Breslow would have a field day working with Edward Cabrera. The stuff is there. The command's a little iffy. The walk numbers are definitely not great. But 
he's a controllable young starter. He's a back end of the rotation guy. If he doesn't pan out, you use him as what Tanner Houck has been doing. You use him as a multi-inning relief guy, a piggyback guy. I think Verdugo goes to Miami in some – I don't think it would be one for one, but in some form of trade for Edward Cabrera to fill out the rotation. Love Can it. we just acknowledge for a second that your Verdugo destination was one of my who says no trades from a year ago? I, I had Verdugo going to Miami for Edward Cabrera freaking a year ago, and we are on that still. Because it makes sense. It makes sense. All right, I, I'll go second. I've got Verdugo going to the Mariners. I'm setting my sights high. The Mariners have said that they're looking to improve their contact. Verdugo's a contact first guy. I think that this is a bigger thing. Like, Verdugo alone, I feel like people might have this vision of the value that he can net, but an expiring guy who there's like character questions, like can you rely on him? I, I guess reliability questions might be a better way to put it. Coming off a pretty poor second half, like I don't know what his value is. But in a trade for, in my dreams, George Kirby, you start with the with a top prospect. You're talking like a Marcelo Meyer, Roman Anthony type. Like you have to take from that to get a George Kirby and you're probably including a pitcher. We'll say Tanner Houck or Cutter Crawford and Verdugo is their Teoscar replacement in this scenario. And there's like a million different ways you can go about it. Who knows if they're going to deal George Kirby. If it's not George Kirby, it could be Logan Gilbert or you could do a smaller trade for like a Brian Wu or what's the other guy's name? The other young kid who just Miller. came up this year. Miller. Yes. Um, Miller. Yeah. Like spin doctor. I, yeah. But that's that's where that's where I see this going. I I think the Red Sox would be smart to aggregate Verdugo with a couple of other guys to aim a little bit higher that way. And like obviously this shouldn't be their thinking, but if they do that, then we don't have to like hear the people who are gonna just keep tying this back to Mookie Betts. Like now it's you can go Mookie Betts, Alex Verdugo, George Kirby, as opposed to if you just trade Verdugo one for one, like you're getting like I don't even know, like I don't even know what you'd get for him one on one. Tying Mookie like a, to Verdugo to that, like I think you get like a a good quality mid tier prospect. It's not that much. People, I, I, people are right. Exactly. You're you're trading for one year of him. You're not trading for his career. You get one year of Verdugo. How much is that worth? I don't, I don't think it's that much. Right. So now picture picture the Mookie Betts argument. Whenever Mookie Betts next comes to Fenway Park, it's like we traded this guy for Connor Wong, and then now the guy we got for Verdugo was the Red Sox fifteenth ranked prospect and he never made made the bigs that's what you're looking at if you don't aggregate it so I, but have we have has ownership given up on the whole mookie bets thing like i i don't think they care anymore about like how it looks no i don't th i don't it, think like, they do and i don't think they should but i'm just saying like it would be a better feeling i guess I don't know if whether you're whether you're a fan or whether you're whether your ownership or the front office who i guess it's was gonna here suck no matter what like, though yeah, you're right. There like, really is I, no I winning. Think, I think it, no matter right. how like Verdugo's career ends, like it'll always be well, like he didn't live up to the Mookie Betts trade. Which sucks still, for him. People are still but that's just how it looks. are still connecting Verdugo to Mookie Betts. Just it's gonna happen move forever. On, but that's but God. that's what I mean. Like I, it's like, impossible. That's why I think it's like I don't think it is impossible though, because like that's the thing. No, I'm like, saying it's impossible to get to to not have people talk about it. Like. They're going to talk oh, about it forever. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. no, but I I don't think the like front office ever looks at it that way now. Like I think they look at it as either. purely business. So like it's not, 
I think they're now more than willing to take gambles on the fact that he might pan out or he might not pan out. Yeah, not um, even their trade. Like, I'm, I'm just gone. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting one. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Rob had a little story come out at the end of the year after Heimlin got fired about uh, the fact that he might have Chris Dale might have been dealt somewhere and that was turned down. So I think a nice Alex Verdugo Chris Sale package to bring someone back and a staff or not so much bring one bring someone back because I was originally going to say Nathan Eovaldi figure out a way to bring him back to Boston from the Rangers. Bit of a stretch. The Rangers aren't going to take someone who's already hurt, that's been injury prone, on a staff that already has DeGrom and Scherzer, guys that are injury prone, have been injury prone, that wasn't able to help them out in the postseason run, even though they were still able to dominate and win a World Series. So what if they gave up John Gray? Okay, so... so that's sale and verdugo for gray i don't think it would have to be as straight up like that i think you'd either have to take on i mean you would 100 percent have to take on money. a bit of chris sales contract which that makes me say they wouldn't do eovaldi because he's huh. 17 million versus gray's 13 million uh which i believe he's going to be locked up until 2025 yeah it, uh, it, it if i look up spot track so he'll he's going to be locked up until 2025 on 14 million uh for the ranger which i feel like that's not a terrible thing to get them to buy in on like saying hey you're gonna get chris sale a proven top of the rotation guy i'm not gonna say ace anymore and then you also get a guy who can light it up potentially get you an all-star bid every other year potentially become an all-star at some point in your outfield they might bite and then maybe a prospect on top of it. I, I don't think it could happen for Evaldi, but uh, Gray got moved to the bullpen. So maybe they're not. Why not? Yeah, could be, you didn't have me on the Evaldi thing. They're not going to deal him. But the John Gray one, like he feels like one of the few pitchers on that team that they would that they would move on from. Like, yeah, that's interesting. You don't, you don't change much after winning a title, but it's like yeah. it's John Gray. It's not it's not like. Like they should be trying to retain Jordan Montgomery. Like Ivaldi was awesome for them, and like he should be a centerpiece for their rotation moving forward. Like, but John Gray, you're right. Sammy, Sammy said it. He got moved to the pen. Like, not like he was all that impactful down the stretch. Like, yeah, if you if there's a guy you like, John Gray, go ahead. Why not? That's a good one, Coop. I, I have like maybe. not. He has not come into my brain at all this uh, off season. I want he might be available. Thirty two, thirty two years old. I like that. He's, he's the other thing, too, is I remember when John Gray signed that contract in Texas, I was blown away that they gave him that money. In the grand scheme of where the starting pitching market is, it's not that bad. That's, no, that's pretty palatable for a back end. That's a, I mean, we gave Corey Clipper $10 million last year. Like, well. It's an a, it, it's a aging well contract. Well, if when you win the World Series, all the contracts. Because so. it was what? I think that was what? Four for 52? Yeah, I think so. Yep. It was close. If it wasn't that, it was close to it. Uh, four for 56. Ah. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, all right, cool. My last one. We're good to go. No more John Gray thoughts. We're good to go. You want to do our enough sets? So no, let me, let me, let me go. go real quick. We got Sammy's. Oh, 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 I apologize. This isn't really creative. I've, I've seen a few people say this, but I think it makes the most sense if it's just Verdugo being traded and he's not in a package like Gordo 
uh, advocated for, which I do agree. I think he's better off being packaged with prospects and other pieces. But if it's just Verdugo going out, I think the Braves make a ton of sense because they are very much ready to contend for a title. They just parted ways with Rosario, so they do need an outfielder. Um, Verdugo's a good outfielder, decent bat. It's pretty simple. I just think he fits there really well, and they've got more than enough assets to trade for him. So that's my pick. Kind of boring, but uh, Verdugo to the Braves. I like the destination because it would be hard for him to not be locked in there, just winning every single game. Like He would have a blast and probably be awesome. Must be nice. Yeah. They also... I mean- I feel like they have a lot of players that kind of mesh well and I don't you you hear sometimes about how the pitchers with the Braves don't really interact with the position players with the Braves. Um so I don't know if that would be an issue at all with him because I know that I know that he's he hasn't been a clubhouse issue with the Red Sox. I don't want to say that because that feels very negative. But you do have like the fact that he gets benched for showing up late. Or the fact that he loses interest when the team kind of gets out of sight of being contenders. If you put him in a position, like you said, like or you put him in a spot, like you said, that he is going to be contending. I mean, like maybe he buys in a little bit more and he becomes a year round all-star player. Like he can be like, I don't think any of us sit here and kind of doubt his potential. No, I mean, like we've all seen what he can be. It's just being consistent with it. We saw it at the beginning of the year this year. It was yeah. right there. Yeah, and at the very beginning of every year. Yeah, and, he, and even if he's not hitting all the time, defense is still going to be very good. So it's not like the Braves are going to get nothing out of him if he has those ups and downs. So, yeah. Is it interesting that none of us picked the – like, we all went around and none of us picked the Yankees despite that report that came out yesterday from uh, Chris Henrique and Sean McAdam and then and then Rob Bradford today uh, saying that the Red Sox had interest in Glaber Torres last year and might still have interest there. And none of us picked the Yankees. Yeah, I just don't don't want Torres. Oh, that's a whole nother. That's a that's a discussion for another day. We 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 should get into that. We should get into that because yeah, whatever. We'll get into that. That's a thing. Hey, we have this is episode one, baby. We got we got we have so many episodes for you guys. Like, oh my god. Uh, so do we? Have we concluded our? Our extravaganza this week's extravaganza. Oh, we got oh, we got more free agent. Keep tuning in. We're gonna, we we are going to have a blast this offseason. I feel I feel good about doing Fridays being our extravaganza day. I mean, we've got a little yeah. scheduling to work out and segments to figure out. And again, like we said, comment. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Please do. And just wait till but, real news breaks. Wait till we have yeah. real things to talk about. It's oh, emergency podcasts. Going to be fun. Ooh. If you thought this was real, wait till it get really real. Uh, but let's let's wrap this up with a little bit of our enough saids. Uh, Little little segment that we started doing the last couple of days. Uh, enough said. If you don't know, do a little Google search. Enough said. Red Sox. You're gonna go down a really nice Wikipedia rabbit hole. You're gonna educate yourself because uh, shout out McGreevy, shout out Tessie. If if you knew what enough said and how it relates to the Red Sox is before looking it up, subscribe subscribe yeah prop, props to you give yourself a pat on the back and click that subscribe button or or real also fan. conversely get a life no i'm just kidding That's no, cool. no 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 and, and, and if you don't know here's an opportunity to learn become a better red sox hmm. fan go to your friends take them to a fenway game and be like i bet you guys didn't know about uh, mcgreevy's tavern huh you want to go to a fenway game 
McGreevy's Pub. I don't know why I called it Tavern. Trying to go to Fenway, dude. Uh, but let's uh, let's get into our enough sets. What's our closing thoughts for today, Sammy? Um, I'm I, I want this lull to end really badly. I really want stuff to start happening. I keep checking my phone, even though I know nothing's going to happen today or tomorrow or in the next few days. But we're close. We're getting close. Yamamoto is going to get posted next week, so that's when we really lock in. Uh, and then completely separately, uh, the Bruins are about to be one and zero when they play while we record. So it feels really one and zero in the play Tessie era. It feels really good to watch a Boston team that wins, and I hope we will be saying that over the summer about the Red Sox. How much time is left? Because if they lose while the, I end up editing this, this is going to be well. Be bad. There is a minute, and the empty net got it. They just scored the empty net, so they're okay. <laughs> no, okay. Officially, as you're listening to this uh, on November 10th, because you should listen when it drops because you're subscribed to it. You know who scored uh, it? Bruins are 1-0 in the Tessie era. And a Red Sox fan scored it. Charlie Coyle. Thank you. Wait. Hey, the Maya. Uh, Pat, any any closing thoughts? Yeah. I don't know if you guys looked at the, uh, the document, but or if you guys even saw this on Twitter, but CJ Stroud had a pretty interesting quote. I did. And this is not the direction you think it's going to go in. CJ Stroud said, basketball players want to be football players, and football players want to be basketball players, and we all want to play baseball. And you must be thinking, that's, that's wow, that's, that's a pretty good quote from a professional and athlete. No, I'm thinking that makes zero until, sense. Until you realize, CJ Stroud, mind you, I think, you, I believe it was during the Combine Week, did one of those like TikTok, like interview kinds of things. They asked who his favorite baseball players were and he said uh that tall dude on the angels he pitches and he hits he did not know she- shohei otani's names and he's throwing out quotes like that okay but that's oh my I'll, god i'll be honest that's pretty good for someone who might be like a casual baseball fan no i know it's just funny I, how like I, everyone's like he's a baseball guy and i'm like mm. i think it's more of the sense of they want to get paid like baseball players what is that? Yeah, what is I'm the sure that's what he meant. I'm sure he's not like you know, just thrown around. Usually that's not a shot. That's not a shot at baseball players. Like, oh, they all they got to do is play baseball. They don't get hit in the head. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> not taking a shot. Just making sure. I don't think he's taking a shot. I think he's just saying like baseball players look cool playing the game that they do and they get paid really well for it. So because I'll, I'll Cody Ballinger just got like what? sexiest athlete thanks to yeah exactly that guy got Woody Pellinger uh, dude <laughs> oh, dude <laughs> so tight <laughs> it's so chill but yeah I mean who doesn't want to be a baseball player right now it's the best thing in the streets um Gordo enough said enough said Scott Boris's uh what are the the GM meeting like media scrum one of the best events of the year because all he does is just drop puns his preaching event it's so funny every year i did the the twitter quotes of it are always great but he always drops a couple opinions in there and this year one of his opinions was he wants a neutral site world series and oh my god i could not hate that idea more like i'm i'm just picturing you've got a red Sox phillies world series and we're gonna play it in Miami. We're gonna play it in the Marlins ballpark out in Miami. That's that's yeah. what that is. Cause you know that they would they would have it in a warm site with like pretty like generic dimensions, like 
somewhere sort of destined. He's just thinking about whatever. the branding of his players. I hate it. That's all he's thinking I, about. What is the benefit of it? Like, what? What is the? Is it's it the branding. More, it's it's right. literally just trying branding? to put them in like a random market where they're looking flashy. I don't even. Like, I'm not going to exaggerate. I'm not exaggerating. That is maybe the worst sports idea I've heard in my entire life. That would that that sucks. Who is that good? But like for? what? Actually, though, it what makes, is, is there is there a benefit to it? Is it because no, you have more with, time to plan with like vendors and get like cool, flashy things because you know where it is? Is that it? Is that I mean, that, that, that's, that's the thought that's because he's enough. thinking about money. Like he's just thinking about like commoditizing it more when like the actual viewing part of it. And I think like even I think even the players would hate on it because they feed off of kind of what the crowd does, especially at Fenway. And it's literally as it's a series. So each team is getting the opportunity to have home field advantage. Whereas in football, like there really is no home field advantage besides flipping a coin. Yeah. But you also have the factor of having a crowd noise. So if you have a one game championship, you're not going to want to stick it in Gillette because you're going to have like a packed like Foxborough and it's going to, it, I mean, it's not going to sway the game, but one team is going to be able to figure out how to play that field a whole lot better, especially if, weird wind tunnels going on at uh, Gillette Stadium and the coach knows how to take advantage of that uh yeah then a neutral site makes sense neutral site does not make sense for anything that's a series like it, you have to go no, home and exactly away. exactly and like can you imagine like the like these incredibly important games but now they're at these neutral sites with neutral fans who are just there because like they've got a bunch of money and like they can just do it and it's yeah. not people who have like been saving up all their money, like watching the whole season thinking, oh my God, like they could get to the World Series and I'm going to save up enough money to make sure I can go. That's out of the equation. Oh, I hate it, it so sucks. much. It that, sucks. There's uh, nothing good about it. It sucks. I hate it. Get out of here. You said that. I mean, my, my first thought was the, the Shane Victorino, like walking up to the plate, yeah. three little birds playing at game six of the World Series and then hitting his triple. Like that, that is yeah. one of the most memorable That's an image moments of, in of World Koji, Series. Koji in the air with all the Red yep. Sox fans behind him. You don't get that neutral site. You have oh, to no. It would be so bad. Uh, yeah. F- terrible, terrible Scott Forrest. Figure it out. Figure it out. Uh, my enough said, uh, I, we kind of already talked about it, the Bryce Harper thing uh, with Shohei Otani. It, I, I think that is going to be an implication in how he rehabs and everything. I, people were expecting him to do the similar thing that Bryce Harper did where he has the UCL surgery. He comes back a little bit faster than usual, but only hits and DHs. And now you're looking at Bryce Harper, who was just announced by Scott Boris, uh, or no, by uh, Dombrowski, correct? Yeah, but Dombrowski yeah, announced they, 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 that, that Harper would only be a first baseman going forward for the Phillies. And that's, that's probably because his arm's not at full strength yet. I also think it's a little weird to announce that. Yeah, uh, very weird, very weird. I well, mean, it wouldn't be beyond Dombrowski to do a little gamesmanship and say like, hey, I want to screw over the Red Sox by cementing that they shouldn't get Otani. Because what this means to me is that his likelihood of coming back and being the pitcher that he was is far less than what we expect it to be if this is what's happening to Bryce and his arm. There's no, there's no way that it's a shot at the Red Sox. You never know. You never put on the tinfoil cap. He just hates them. My God. Oh, uh, Gordo. If you want to ask the question, ask the question. You're muted. You're muted. Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, Rob, Rob just tweeted Padres GM AJ Preller learned Japanese for his meeting with Otani six years ago. Honestly, it seems like something Breslow might have done on his flight home from Arizona. 
What what does that mean? Dude, can you imagine if Breslow's next press conference is Should I call up Rob? Should can I call you, up Rob? Yeah, can you call him and see what is he just saying that like Craig's a nerd, maybe he learned Japanese on the fly at home? Or is Craig Breslow just walking around Fenway speaking Japanese? Yeah, it'd be I, so cool. Craig Breslow. Hold on, hold on. on a whim, a... He's like, ah, I just decided to learn Japanese, one of the most difficult languages there is. Calling Rob. Hey, what's up? Hey, Rob, it's episode one of Play Tessie. Uh, we're about to wrap up, but we just saw your tweet and we have some questions. Okay. Um, so I guess, is Craig Breslow learning Japanese? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I ruled out. Would you, would you, would you put it past him? No, I mean, he's I mean, a, he's it, a Yale it, guy. It's a five-hour flight. I mean, I think that if anyone can learn Japanese in five hours... It's probably Craig Breslow. Is he taking the uh the, the limitless pill? Like I mean that might be the thing to do. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he needs to take the limitless pills. I think he invented the limitless pills. I'm I'm so for that. If he can dull that out is that a PED? Is he gonna get popped for that by like the GMs? Is he what? Is he gonna get like is that a PED for GMs? <laughs> no. Okay. No, they all they, they all feel like they all take the limitless pills. Oh, this they're week all after stuck this on the week. toilet anyway. Yeah, what's yeah. going on there? What's 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 the topics? Uh, no. what's the topics? Uh, I officially so this is kind of why I wanted to call is because I I officially declared I'm off of Otani now. Hey, you what? I'm I'm off of the Otani train. Yeah, you should be. Oh, You're smart. You, <laughs> oh, there you thank have you. It. There you. I have like it. that you have. <laughs> I I like that you think highly of me like that, but I am an idiot. You have an issue? No, I, well, I do have an issue, but I am an idiot. <laughs> oh no, no, you're no, you're smart. You're smart. When it comes, I don't know if you're smart about everything, but you're smart about Otani. Oh, oh, yeah. There you go, Larry David. I, I, sure. I think, I think David. for the most part, you're smart about most things. So I appreciate there you that. Go. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank but you. Right. It, it's yeah. It, it's uh, I think that um, yeah, I think it's a long shot. I mean, not, not even a long shot. The longest of long shots. This makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, why? Well, I mean, isn't is this common sense? No, it is. I mean, that's why I had to finally come out and say it. I I was sitting with a I was sitting with an executive today, and we were like going through the Atani stuff, and this is somebody who actually had gone through, got a meeting with Otani last time, last go around. And so he sort of knows like what Otani is looking for, what it's like to be in those meetings. And we're talking about the Red Sox and, and the whole, and we're laughing about the new balance thing. Oh. Like, come on. So like, really? Like, really? I, I think it's, you know, he has a private jet to get his sneakers. It's okay. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I, if they get a meeting, if they get, if the Red Sox get a meeting with him, I would be stunned. Maybe they will, but I would be stunned. Okay. Well, it was nice catching up with you, Rob. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sitting in Twin Peaks in Phoenix. You're still in Phoenix with the, the pigs running around? Oh, uh, wasn't it? Was that? So did you see that on my Instagram? Yeah, we were actually, we were talking about that on Gresham Fourier earlier. Oh yeah, because because it's a big it's a big day for ring cameras, right? Oh so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's uh, 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I feel bad for the I feel bad for the uh, Avelina that that passed away, but it's that's that's a whole podcast in itself. I can't sum that whole scene up in just you know a couple minutes. Yeah, oh, poor piggies. But uh, but thanks for thanks for picking up, Rob. We we're gonna make you proud with this episode. I can tell you that much. I I know I know you you guys have already made me proud. I uh. mean, uh, they're all they're all beaming as they they can't talk to you because you're over the phone right now. But they're all beaming. They're, so. Pat's crying. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Pat no, just I, ripped off I, his shirt and he's crying all over his muscles. Uh, listen, no, I, I thought I sent his traps somewhere. <laughs> we, hey, we already covered his traps today. Uh, it's yeah. been yeah, crazy. Well, he can't well, hear me. My, my second Tito's and soda is here, so I got to go. All right, enjoy Twin Peaks, Rob. All right, I'll see. You. Talk to you. Awesome. All right, we got a scoop. Hey, scoop and the first episode of Play Tessie. You gotta listen to the end to get it, though. Yeah. The first episode of P- uh, Play Tessie. If you listen to the end, we just crushed your dreams. Otani is yeah, not. Yeah, no, that I don't know if you guys saw the life just get like sucked out of me there. Uh, but yeah, I my other enough said was that I stopped a, a knife fight on the MBTA without knowing there was a what? knife involved. So that what? yeah. Do we do we extend this further or do we? Cool. we no, you can't. Episode? You can't stop. You gotta elaborate a little bit. Yeah. What so I was world? taking the red line um, out of Quincy, and I hop on. I'm sitting at like the very end of a bench in the middle. So uh, if those for people out there that have taken the red line in Boston, uh, it's a handicap seat. Uh, I'll come out and say it. And I was just reading my book, and I was listening to music, and I had my noise hand- canceling headphones on because you know how the the trains be, and I see this guy who's kind of like kitty cornered from me, same seat, other end across from me. And uh, he's getting like very animated with his speaking. And I was just kind of like, oh, that's that's about expected on the red line. And then I started to hear him over my headphones. So I kind of paused it and I hear him kind of like dogging the guy across from him, like just like trashing him. And eventually... I was just kind of like, all right, he, this seems like too personal. So I, I'm hoping they're just friends. And I pop my music back on and we get all the way to Andrew and the guy's getting more animated. He starts like standing up, getting in the guy's face. And I was like, oh, this is a little bit more than uh, I'd like it to be. And I'm getting uncomfortable. And the I'll, I keep calling him a guy. He's a kid. He's probably like 14 to 16. And the guy who he's been dogging stands up and he goes, do you want to take this off the train? So we're not bothering people. And the kid just st- sits back down and goes, no, I'm cool. Doors closed for Andrew. We start heading out for Broadway. So we're heading towards the city for those paying attention at home. And, uh, the kid instantly gets up, shoves the guy. And the guy just gets up and starts beating the daylights out of this kid, like ragdolling him. Kid stood no chance. And, um, Everyone kind of starts like clearing out of that middle section, moving to either side of like the train, not wanting to get involved. And I'm sitting at the end with my book in my hand and I'm just kind of doing the thing. Like when someone spills like a drink on the ground, you kind of move your legs a little off to the side. Like, Oh, I don't want to get that on me as they're tumbling down towards me. That's what I do. And then eventually they hit my legs and I'm like, all right, I got to stand up and move. I'm just trying to get into the city. And, um, the guy's still going at it, getting his licks in. Like, the kid will escape every once in a while. And the guy just grabs him again and starts beating him. And eventually, I'm kind of like, hey, guys, it's, I think it's done. Because no one's doing anything. And we still have to get to our stop. And uh guy next to me, 
40s to 50s, pretty tatted up. He's probably had a rough life. He looks at me after I said, guys, break it up. And he goes, so we're stopping this? And I'm just like, what? No. <laughs> you can? No. I, and he just like, he steps, like he looks like someone that would be in one fighting, Sammy. And he just kind of like, they break apart. The guy gets between the the older guy and the kid. And he goes, yeah, it's it's good now. It's good now. And I like go and like I go up to the guy and I was like, hey, you're good. Just start walking him back like I'm a boxing trainer. I'm like, all right, we're going to your corner. You're good. You had your fill. And um, we get to Broadway. Doors open up and they stay open. And we get like the alert that there's going to be a police presence and whatnot. And they're going to be checking out. So we're staying there. Guy ends up telling the kid like, hey, you better run because it's not going to end well for you because you in- like incited this whole thing. And uh, the kid gets off the train. He starts walking down towards like where our door is. And I'm like, he's about to hop back on. We're going to have more stuff. So I literally step, I'm still down with the guy. I step in between the door of the train and this guy. Like, well, he's got to have to go through me if we want another fracas. (laughs) And worst decision of my life, I think, looking back on this. Because after, after he like sees me do that, he walks the other way because he's like, not worth it. Um, I don't know why he thought I was intimidating at all. I was wearing a pea coat and a scarf. Uh, and he walks away and the guy that I like kind of like backed off, I was like, Hey, are you good? Or is everything cool? Like, are you hurt? And he goes, no, he just flashed a knife. And, uh, I just kind of told him we can take this off the train so it doesn't bother anyone else. And then I kind of had to take matters. And I was like, Oh, he had a knife. Oh, he was the good Sweet. guy all along. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that was good. That was a good... Yeah, but no, I, I kind of stepped into something where there was a weapon involved. So that was fun. Wow. Um, but the MBTA was moving fast. They took the slow zones out. So that That's was great. a plus. So there were, yeah, yeah. some positives. The guy, the kid got beat up, but he got there quick. And the Red Sox might sign Yamamoto. So that, that story is looking like the, up. That is like the quintessential enough set. Like, I don't think there's anything left to be said after that. Yeah, no, that's that's the final say. So on that yeah. note, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been the first episode of Play Tessie. This has been exciting. This has been fun. Like we said, this is a work in progress. We're we're finding our footing. We're just trying to find and put out content that we find entertaining. And if you find it entertaining, let us know. And as I said, if if you think things can be improved or if you want to hear different things, if you want to hear certain guests, because guess what? We got some guests lined up. Oh, yeah. uh, let us know. Go to our socials at Play Tessie. That's simple. Uh, both Instagram, both Twitter. If you want to find us on, you know, Odyssey, on Spotify, on Apple, subscribe, on Google Podcasts. If you're gross and you use that, subscribe on there. Just give us a quick search. Play Tessie. Like I said, that simple and easy. It's the song that you hear after the Red Sox win. The Dropkick Murphys even gave us their blessing on that. That's right. I mean, Ken Casey. That's a true story. That's a true story. We're we're getting them on. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of guess. All right. Well. All right. But on that note, this has been an Odyssey podcast. This has been a WEEI podcast, the home of the Boston Red Sox. And play Tessie, now your home for Red Sox podcasts. This has been Coop, Sammy, Pat, and Gordo. Have a great one.